um, conformity in these three main ways they found out. Obedience involved an order or command. Conformity involved a request. Obedience was obeying someone of higher status. Conformity was going along with people of equal status. Obedience relied on social power, while conformity relied on the need to be socially accepted. Think about that. That's just from a secular uh, viewpoint of what they thought about obedience. Now, I have a, you're probably wondering what the brown bag is, right? And what if I told you that you can't have that brown bag? You can't touch it. You can't look at it. In fact, I don't want you guys to even think about that brown bag. How many of you are instantly thinking of the brown bag? And the other thought you might have had when I said that was, how dare you tell me what to do? Right? Because that's our natural inclination when we're told what to do is to kind of rear up and be like, you can't tell me what to do. How dare you? Right? Growing up, I was that type of kid. With, I was told to do something. I literally wanted to turn and do the very opposite thing. Constantly got in trouble. You can ask my parents. They could tell you story after story. But my natural, selfish, sin nature wanted to do what I wanted. And not what I was told. Anyone else relate? No, just me? Okay. I knew a little boy growing up. My parents did foster care. And I knew this little boy, and to this day, I remember this little boy because he was so stubborn and he was so disobedient to the fact that I remember one night we were all told to come, you know, wash our hands and sit down and get ready for dinner. And he literally refused to sit down. Now he was standing at the table and after multiple times, like, hey, please sit down. You need to sit down to eat dinner. He finally sat down and he stated very loudly, okay, I'm sitting, but I'm standing on the inside. (laughs) I thought that was so funny, but that's literally a picture of what we tend to do to God, right? Okay, I'm going to obey, but I don't want to, and I'm standing on the inside. The kingdom of God, though, is opposite, right? It's opposite of sin, our selfish, our desire, our sin nature. So why obey? I don't know about you, but when I'm asked to do something, I really like to know the reason behind why I should do it. I don't like to just do it just because I was told to do it. I like to know the reasons behind why we should do what we're told. And so why should you and I care about obedience to God? Well, first we're going to find the reason we should obey God is simply because Jesus calls us to obedience. We're going to turn to John 14 today. 
It's up on the screen, and you can look it up in your Bible. But John chapter 14. says this if you love me you will keep my commands a little bit further down verse 21 says whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me the one who loves me will be loved by my father and I too will love them and show myself to them and a couple verses down verse 23 through 24 Jesus says this anyone who loves me will obey my teaching my father will love them and they will come to them and make their make and we will make our home with them anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching these words you hear are not my own they belong to the father who sent me jesus calls us to live a life of obedience and jesus Christ, in his life, we find the perfect model of what living a life of obedience looks like, right? Because he obeyed his father. He submitted his will, right? He said, not my will, but yours be done. So as Christ followers, those who have chose to follow Christ, his disciples, we are called to follow his example and live a life of obedience to God as well. Our obedience to the Lord comes from our love for him. First, uh, John 14 says that, right? says, if we love God, we're going to obey him. We're going to do what he says. It comes from our love for him and our appreciation for what he did for us. For that great price Jesus paid on the cross for you and I, he died for us. In fact, our obedience to God is an act of worship. I don't know about you, but I've never thought of that, that my obedience would be an act of worship to God. But it is. When I choose to live my life in a way that honors him and obeys him, So we should obey. Why? Because obedience to God shows our love for God. Throughout scripture, you see examples of this, but particularly in 1st and 2nd John, we clearly see that explained to us, that obeying God demonstrates our love for God. Loving God implies following his commands. First John 5 says this, by this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and obey, what? What did it just say? Obey his commands. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. So the motivation or the thing that drives us to obedience is love. Now it isn't that we can earn his love by our obedience, right? Because we already got that. But simply out of our overflow for God, that overflow of love, we are going to choose to obey him. 
we desire to obey him because we love him, because we're grateful for what he did for us, because he deserves it. It's the only way we can show our love to him. And the only reason why we can show our love to him is because he first loved us. He obeyed his father. He showed his love for us on the cross. And now we too have the opportunity to show our love by obeying what he tells us to do. First John 2 5 says, if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. And this is how we know we are in him. How many of you know what your love language is? You ever done that? I did that with kids. It's a great study. It's a great book. If you, if you want to learn what your love language is or your spouse, or your kids or your friends or your neighbors, what their love language it's, it's good. It's good to know the language that the people you love speak, right? So my love language is acts of service and touch. Now, please, after service, don't everybody like crowd around me and touch me, but (laughs) (laughs) my husband can say to me like 10,000 times that he loves me. And I know he means it, but unless he backs it up with action, I can't receive that love, right? But when he does little things like he mops the floor or he cooks dinner, he rubs my shoulders, he holds my hand, I feel loved. And when he says, I love you, honey, I believe it, right? Because he's shown by his actions that he loves me. And he knows over the years that we've been married that his actions speak so much louder to me than his words. It's not enough to just say he loves me. He has to show with action. There's that hearing and that action, right, of obedience part. In James chapter 1, Verse 22 through 25 says this, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. And then it goes on to explain what it would look like if you didn't do what it says, right? Anyone who look, who listens to the word, but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror And after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it. Just hear that action right there. They will be blessed in what they do. Can you guys imagine? You got up this morning extra early. Not a morning person, so that was not my favorite. But can you imagine? You get up in the morning... You go into the bathroom, you look in the mirror, and you see some issues that need fixed. But instead of fixing them, you walk away. (laughs) You didn't do anything about it. No, that would be absolutely ridiculous. If you 
looked in the mirror and you're like, yep, not going to brush my teeth. Yep, not going to take care of this bedhead. <laughs> not going to wash my face. And you just walked away. You're like, yep, we're good to go. <laughs> now that's funny, right? But that is exactly what we do. If we read God's word, we hear God's word, we're challenged we see God showing us areas that we need to obey him in. And then we leave like on a Sunday and the rest of the week we do nothing about it. Good word. Good word. Now, every morning when I get up in the morning and my alarm goes off and I look in the mirror, I know I have to do something. <laughs> I don't just get up and look like this. I know. Pretty impressive. Just kidding. <laughs> There's some things I have to do, right, to get ready. There's some action that needs to take place. And so I can't just simply say I love God. Read his word. Hear a sermon feel challenged and convicted inside and then turn and not do what it says. Because right. I would never get up in the morning, look in the mirror and see things that I need to fix and then not do anything about it. So why would I do the same thing when I hear God's word, when I'm challenged to obey him? That would be ridiculous, right? To continue that same cycle and not change and not fix and not submit to God. But I have to tell you that why should I obey? Well, guess what? We have the choice to obey. We have free will, right? And so I can choose to obey or not obey. And Luke chapter 6, verse 46 and 47, it says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't and do not do what I say? As for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, I will show you what they are like. So I want to show you a little video clip, and this is what... Jesus says, they're like. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on a rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Pretty powerful illustration, right? Those two guys had a choice, right? I like to think of that story like they had choices. They both had the same opportunities, they had the same location. But the foolish man woke up 
and chose to maybe not listen to advice, to take the easier route, the one he wanted because it was a better view maybe, was easier, less work, less challenging. And he went with that beach option without the solid foundation and it didn't work, right? Didn't last. It was destroyed. The other guy made the wise choice. He chose to do the harder thing. I used to help my dad. He was in construction and building and roofs and all that. And so I learned at an early age the importance of foundations, the importance of doing all the necessary steps and not skipping one. Because if you skip one, do you know what you actually have to do? You create more work for yourself. You have to go back and fix it. So I learned it as a middle school and high schooler how to mud really well. So if anybody needs to hire me to mud, uh, you know, addition or remodeling, I can do that for you. But I learned how important it was, the basics, the step-by-step basics of doing what you're told. I didn't always understand, but I did what my dad told me to do because I knew that if I didn't, he was just going to make me redo it. You and I have a choice. And so I want to suggest to you today to not feel your way into the actions, but act your way into feelings. It's literally the one thing we can control in our life, our will, our actions. So act your way into feelings. Choose to surrender to God. Choose to walk in obedience with God. Choosing to surrender our feelings, our wants, our desires, our emotions. It's not always easy. It doesn't always feel really good and pleasurable in that moment. But it's best. When we choose to obey God, when we choose to make our will submit to God's will, we choose to obey. We find blessing. We really do. In fact, in, uh, I love this verse because it talks about taking those thoughts and those feelings captive, right? So 2 Corinthians 10.5, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sells itself up against the knowledge of God. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to God, obedient to Christ. So often I hear nowadays friends and family and people saying, just follow your truth. Listen to your gut. No, my truth leads me down a path that might be pleasurable for a moment, that might feel easy, comfortable, known, but it definitely does not lead me to God's best. Obedience to God 
leads to true transformation and change. You want to make an impact in your world, in your family, in your city, at your work? Obey God. Submit to God. While it might be hard for a little bit, you're going to see incredible things happen. God's going to work through you as you submit your will. When you choose to not just hear God's word, but you choose to put it in action and obey him. When I was 12 years old, I learned a really hard lesson on obedience. My, um, my dad was remodeling my grandma's kitchen, and they lived in the booming town of Halsey. <laughs> Anybody? Uh, if you travel down 99, you can look uh, to your right. Their house still stands. When I was 12, my cousin and I, that summer, almost every day, I would beg my dad to get to go with him as he was working on their kitchen. And I would ride bikes with my cousin. And we rode all around the town. Now, this was back when you, you know, you let your kids do that. And we had a blast. And there were a couple rules when we were riding bikes. One was come back for lunch and dinner. And rule number two, which I didn't really like, but I was like, yeah, whatever, was we would, our favorite thing to do was cross over the train state, the train tracks and go around the town. So my grandparents literally lived, and my aunt and uncle now live there, they literally lived across from the train tracks. And so to go anywhere around Halsey, we would cross the train tracks. And there was a grain silo about a fourth a mile away from where we would cross the tracks, which was near my grandparents' house. And she had a rule. My parents said this rule. My aunt and uncle said this rule. Everyone told us this rule is if the train was to that point, to the grain silo, we were to stop and wait and not cross, not try, to, not attempt, and to sit there and wait for the train to go by. And sometimes it felt like hours as a 12-year-old who wanted to go play with my cousin and ride bikes. It felt like ages waiting for that train to go by. And one day that summer, my cousin and I had been riding, and it was almost lunchtime. We knew it was. It was getting close. We were starting to get hungry, and we were racing each other back to my grandparents' house to see who could win, who could get there first. And I was pretty competitive as a little kid, and I was older than my cousin, so I was always daring him to do things that maybe he wouldn't have done if I hadn't dared him to do them. And so we got to that train track crossing and we looked and the train was at the grain silo. What we didn't know is that it wasn't normal trains that came that time of day. It was the Amtrak. And I looked at my cousin 
and a double dog dared him to cross. And I said, we got plenty of time. Watch this. I'm going to beat you. And so I pedaled up that little hill and down it and skidded to a halt. And I was like, yeah, I got this. And looked back to my horror. My cousin's bike had skidded on some gravel and went sideways. And his tire got stuck in the train track itself. I went in a split second from sheer joy of winning a competition to panic mode. And I looked up and that train was fast approaching. I mean fast. And the whistle was blowing at us. And I dropped my bike and I ran up and praise the Lord, God helped us yank his bike and we tumbled down the hill literally a second before the Amtrak went past. And that day, joke about it now, but that's the day I almost killed my cousin because of my disobedience. So I learned my parents did not need to punish me. My grandma did not need to punish me. I punished myself. I learned that day and I never did it again because I learned the importance of my obedience, right? Why obey? Because <laughs> it was for our good, wasn't it? It was for my mine and my cousins, my sisters and brothers. It was for our benefit. It was for our best that we obeyed that, that our parents and grandparents told us to do. And I almost had to learn the hard way. And I'm so grateful I didn't. And my cousin's still with us. But that lesson stays with me. And I learned at that age, at 12 years old, the importance of obedience. D.L. Moody says this. I love this quote. There will be no peace in any soul until it is willing to obey the voice of God. So I have a challenge for you guys this morning. What area of your life do you need to surrender? What is it that you know you need to do? And this week, you're going to choose to do it in obedience to God. Because obedience to God is so much more than just hearing his word or reading his word. First John 3.18, dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and truth, right? That's how we show God we love him, our obedience, our action. So what are you going to choose this week to do? That you know God's been speaking to your heart. What's the thing that you need to submit and obey God in? I don't know what it is. It's between you and God. There could be all kinds of things that you need to give to God and walk in obedience in. Maybe it's trusting him and obeying him in the midst 
of the hard, the pain, the hurt. Doing something that doesn't necessarily make sense in the moment, but is going to lead to God's best for you if you choose to walk in obedience. Surrender your emotions and your feelings. Allow God to use this for his glory, for his purpose. And it might be like the train with my cousin and I, where you get to share your story and help someone else or encourage someone else. I can't tell you how many times I've shared that story with kids when I told them about obedience and how important it is to obey their parents. God used that hard lesson and God will use the hard things that he's bringing you through. Maybe you need to choose to obey God and sharing your faith with someone. Maybe you need to choose to submit your finances and obey God in that area. Whatever it is, whatever God is speaking to your heart, I challenge you today. Don't just hear God's word and walk away today and say, well, that was an all right sermon that Pastor Charity preached this morning. Go and do something about it. Choose to obey God. God loves you guys. He loves you and I so much. He chose to send his son to die in our place, take our penalty for sin, to die on a cross, and three days later rise from the dead. So the biggest thing we can surrender or submit to is submit ourselves to God. So this morning, if you guys have not had an opportunity to do that in just a moment, I want to pray with you because before we can follow God and obey him, we have to first surrender ourselves to God. The Bible tells us that we have all chosen to sin, to go our own way instead of God's way. We were saying that we knew better than God, that we could do what we want to do. And that sin that separated us from God is there, and there's nothing that you or I can do to fix it. But Jesus came to fix the problem. Jesus came to pay the price for our sin, for my sin, for your sin. And if you want to have a relationship with God today and start following him and start learning what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus, to start submitting your life in obedience to him, then today might be the day where you choose to submit. And if you want to do that, in just a moment, pray with me. It's pretty simple. You just have to simply believe what Jesus did for you. That he lived a perfect life, that he died in your place, and he was raised from the dead. That you admit that you need him, that you need a savior, that you want to follow him. 
that you're going to choose to submit to him. So let's pray this morning together. And I would encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear God, I believe you sent your son, Jesus, to come to this earth, to die on a cross for me. I believe that you raised him from the dead. I give you my life. I choose to submit to you. I make you my Lord. Today I choose to surrender my feelings and my emotions to you. Thank you for loving me. In your name we pray this, Jesus. Amen. That's awesome, right? The best decision you could choose to make. To surrender your life. And today we get to choose to leave this building and choose to put God's word into action. Choose to obey him. And I encourage you to do that this morning. To find your purpose, to find your joy, to find your contentment in God's plan for you. Not your desires, but God's desires. Go give a hand to Pastor Charity. That was awesome. That was awesome. So, I have to be candid with you guys. It finally happened. On Friday, I woke up, got up early, and it was time to go to the gym. And I laid in bed, and I looked at my wife and I said, I don't want to go. Like, it's been a couple weeks. It's, it's fun, but I am tired. I don't want to go. She's like, I'm, that's weird. You, you told Tony you were going to be there. You committed to it. And I was like, yeah, but... I felt like doing it then. I don't feel like doing it now. And uh, she kind of gave me a hard time. She's like, hey, you've been listening to this podcast with me. And I'm like, yeah. She's like, you remember what it told you to do when you start to like self-doubt and, and talk like that? And I was like, yeah, you're supposed to record yourself saying that and then listen back to it. So I recorded myself saying all these things like, I'm tired. It's hard. I don't want to go all these things. And I played it back to myself. And I was like, what a wuss. <laughs> like, that's disgusting. I was like, is that what I sound like? I was like, I'm, I like got up. I was like, I'm going to work twice as hard. Like, this is ridiculous. The longer I've lived, the less I've cared about people that do great things in moment of inspiration. That's easy. When you're feeling it and you're excited and people are alongside you, it's great. But those people that are like, Hey, I have, when I have no motivation, all I, all I know is I committed to this and I am choosing to do the right thing in this moment. That's worthy of praise. That's something to model after. So this morning, as we learn from Pastor Charity, we're all going to face moments when we don't feel like obeying. When we read the Bible and we're like, I just, you know, that's great. I'm not really feeling that. That sounds hard. But what we choose to do in that moment really defines who we are as a person. It really defines the kind of faith we have because if our faith is limited by what we feel like doing, what kind of faith is that? So this morning, as we get ready to fill out our connection cards, I want you guys to write 
the one thing this week you're going to do to obey. I'm really big on practical steps. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to give you this grand, like, tell me, you know, these a thousand things you want to do. I want to make it simple. What's one thing this week that you can commit to doing to better obey Jesus? What's one more brick we can lay down to build our house on the rock and not on the sand, right? I don't know about you guys, but uh, building sandcastles is kind of cool, but we all know that the moment we walk away, it's going to go away. It's those houses that last forever that we want to live in. Amen? Amen. As the ushers come forward, we're going to take our tithes and offerings, but fill out your connection card. Let me pray, and then they're going to uh, disperse. God, right now, I thank you for who you are. God, I thank you for this opportunity, even now in our offering, to obey. God, I don't, I don't get excited. I don't get stoked about doing these simple steps that nobody sees. God, I don't get emotional about obeying when it costs me something and it's not fun. But God, I thank you that in those moments, I have the opportunity to choose to obey you. That God, I have the opportunity to show what my faith is really made of. God, I pray that when our flesh speaks, when our doubt speaks, when the enemy speaks, that we would simply listen to it for what it is and say, that's, that's disgusting. That's not who I am. That's not who God created in me. And we choose to be the person obedient to you. God, we thank you for this. God, we pray as we take this offering that we'd be good stewards of your resources, that God, we'd be able to continue to bless and pour forth that your gospel would continually go forward. God, we love you. We thank you. In your name we pray, amen. Ushers, go ahead and pass the bucket. As they're doing that, I just want to reaffirm, guys, you want your kids at the spring break uh, thing. It's going to be fun. I get to speak at it. I mean, that in itself is cool. I heard there's pizza and t-shirts. Now, I don't know if any of you guys have bought pizza recently, but it costs more than $25, so that in itself is cool. Uh, T-shirts are cool. Those cost me more than $25. I don't know if it's just because I use so much fabric or what's going on, but it's going to be a lot of fun. So make sure you guys get your kids plugged into that. Um, let's go ahead and stand, and I'm just going to pray over you guys and send you guys forth. God, right now, I thank you for who you are. God, I thank you for the calling you've placed on each one of these lives God, it's not by accident, whether we feel like it's by accident or it's just part of the routine. God, you ordain this moment. God, you called us all here. You're not caught off guard. You're not in shock, but you orchestrated our life so that we would be here today, gathered together in your presence. God, I thank you for that, God. I pray for all the things happening around the world that we'd continually have faith in you, that we would trust you, that we know nothing is beyond, God, your sovereignty. God, we thank you that the largest things all over the world we can trust you with, but God, even the small things in our life, the day-to-day things, your word says that you know the hair on our head. Now, for some of us, that's not a big deal, but for others it is. But God, we thank you that you know us so personally and so well. God, we love you. We pray as we go through this week that we'd continually think of that way we're going to obey you, draw a step closer to you, be more like Jesus every day. In your name we pray. Amen. Have a great week, guys. We love you.